Lord Jesus, we do worship you today. We exalt your name. As Don talked about and prayed about, we we exalt your name above everything that we may be facing in this hour. Every challenge that may be before us, every concern that may be on our minds, we exalt your name above all of these. Because you are King of Kings and you're the Lord of Lords and you're the King of all and you're the Lord of all and everything today. We make room for you in our lives so that you can assume your proper place of throneship in our life. We thank you today that you have given us the grace, the strength, and the power to endure. You have overcome, and therefore we overcome. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship you today and pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for bringing us to a place of God's presence and uh, helping us to offer up those sacrifices of praise that we talked about earlier. Just a couple of things by way of announcements. Beginning next Sunday, May the 17th, we are going to begin to meet together again in this room. We sent out a letter indicating that that meeting is going to have limitations, going to have guidelines. And if for some reason you did not receive that letter from the office through email, then you, you tomorrow morning or any time for that matter, call the church office. Obviously, if no one answers, you can leave a message. Uh, and make sure we get you that letter. It's too lengthy for me to try to read the read it this morning. Uh, but basically, we're gonna we're gonna do like the three stooges said. We're gonna spread out. We're gonna keep our distance, hopefully, and uh, just cover some some basic guidelines of safety. I do want to reiterate that for a number of you, you're not comfortable yet with gathering together in a setting with a room full of people. And I I encourage you, don't feel pressured one iota. This medium that you're watching on this morning, whether it be Facebook or YouTube, is not going away. We will have this from now on. Uh, regardless of when we get back to whatever normal looks like. I'm afraid we don't know what that is. But uh, even a year from now, we hope that we're still broadcasting over Facebook and YouTube in this streaming version. So um, so we're going to gather next Sunday uh, and sort of figure out what this thing looks like uh, and, uh, and, and worship together. And again, if, if for some reason you want to stay home or you need, and there's some of you who need to stay home, but if you want to, or you need to, you're not going to get a call from me asking you why you wasn't at church. Just don't forget that. That's not going to happen. Don't feel any pressure or any urging from anyone. You just do what you feel comfortable doing, but we're going to give it a whirl and see what happens next week. And, uh, We've got our, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. We're just going to try that next week. It is Mother's Day. We want to honor all the mothers 
And, and, and our little tradition here is that we also honor all the ladies, all the women. We honor womanhood, which is part of our title today. And, uh, you know, we can't get all of you to stand up and all that stuff. And we quit giving out awards years ago. Uh, Cindy Shear won it every time, and so we just gave that up. Uh, we, we just honor Cindy every year. Um, I do want to, I do want to recognize the first lady who I think is watching today. She's the mother of my children, and she's watching with her mother, who's the mother of the mother of my children, together. So happy Mother's Day to both of you and all the mothers out there. Uh, I pray that your day is one that you're honored. Uh, in connection with that, I learned some lessons growing up as a, as a young boy. My mother's in heaven, and so I can read this, and she can't get on to me. <clears throat> I don't think. Um, uh, things my mother taught me. Some of you heard these before. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. <laughs> my mother taught me religion. You better pray that that will come that will come out of the carpet. Uh, <laughs> my mother taught me about time travel when she said, "If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week." Uh, my mother taught me logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. Uh, my mother taught me irony. Keep crying, and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. My mother taught me about contortionism when she said, Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? You ever tried that? My mother taught me about stamina when she said, You'll sit there until all that spinach is gone. And my mother taught me about weather. This room of yours looks as if a tornado went through it. Well, now here in Mount Julia, that's not so funny anymore. But anyway, uh, my mother taught me about hypocrisy. She said, if I told you once, I've told you a million times, don't exaggerate. Let that sink in. My mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Uh, let's see, nothing else. All right, there's more here I'm not reading, so just be thankful. My mother taught me humor. When she said, when that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. <laughs> my mother taught me about my roots. Shut that door behind you. You think you were born in a barn? And my favorite, whoever wrote this, my mother taught me about justice. One day you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> well, if there were more people here, I'd hear more groans. But, uh, mothers, we, you know, the, the, uh, joke always is, where would we be without them? So I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to answer that question. But we do, we do take today and uh, we want to address, uh, mothers and, and women in general. And I've, I've chosen a little bit of a different topic today. Imagine that. Uh, and I've entitled it, Mary the Model of Womanhood. Now, let me just tell you, everyone under the sound of my voice is going to gain something from this message. Even you guys. And I'm firmly convinced I'm not a medical doctor. I don't play one on TV. And I didn't stay in a Holiday Inn Express last night. 
But I'm firmly convinced that if you have male on your birth certificate, you are not going to birth a child. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Uh, but I still believe that you're going to gain something from this today. But specifically, we want to look at Mary, uh, who is the model of womanhood and motherhood. And obviously, we're talking specifically about Mary, the mother of Jesus. There are several Marys in the Bible. But we're talking about Mary, who who is Jesus' mother. And we see her as that great example of motherhood and womanhood that we can all learn from. And we need to make sure that in the case of Mary, that we give honor where honor is due. There, there has been, in my opinion, a lack of that because of certain reasons I won't get into. But, uh, but I think that we, it is incumbent upon us to recognize her as who she is and to give honor where honor is due. Now we're going to read in Luke chapter one. You're going to think this is a Christmas message before we're done. But how many of you know the Christmas message is, is uh, all year long? It's not just one day of the year. Luke chapter 1, uh, where we're going to read is we're going to begin in verse 39. And this is immediately following Mary's visit by Gabriel. We're not going to read that part. We, may ref- we will refer back to it. But it's immediately following her encounter with Gabriel when he tells her she's going to have a baby and is going to name him Jesus and so forth and so on. And... Uh, Imagine um, her surprise. Imagine what emotions that she was going through when she was listening to him. And then in verse 39, it begins this way. Well, in verse the last sentence of 38 says, And the angel departed from her. Verse 39. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And we learn from earlier reading that Elizabeth is her cousin. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, Elizabeth's room. In other words, John the Baptist, as Brother Charles said one time, turned backflips in the womb of Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And then Mary breaks out in song, and this is, If you're taking notes, you want to write down 1 Samuel 2. But Mary breaks out in a song that's modeled after Hannah's prayer and song concerning Samuel. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. And he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. 
And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Elizabeth prophesies, basically, when she says to her, Blessed are you among women, or blessed is she among women. Blessed is Mary among women. Uh, bless, and later on, there's a lady that talks to Jesus, and she says to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you. Blessed is the womb that you were born out of. And so we today recognize that she's a blessed lady. We need to recognize also the reason that she is blessed. Uh, there are other things playing into it, but the basic reason that she is blessed is found in the second blessed is. When Elizabeth says to her, blessed is the fruit of your womb. Her blessedness comes from whom was born out of her womb. Who was born? It's the, it's the blessed the blessedness of Jesus. We just got through singing what a wonderful name it is. What a powerful name it is. What a beautiful name it is, Jesus. It's for that reason that Mary is a blessed woman today. And she was blessed then. Imagine that Mary may have been 14, 15. It could, she could have been older and she could have been younger, but we think that the 14, 15 range is probably where she was, this young girl. And all of a sudden, Gabriel starts talking to her and telling her all the things that was going to happen to her. I can't even imagine how my head would spin uh, in that moment. Well, we're going to look at some qualities and some characteristics of Mary today. That will help all of us, but help us to understand. And the first one is, is that Mary was an ordinary woman. I don't mean that in a negative sense. Uh, she was, she was an ordinary, and I say woman, I don't care if she was 14. If she's fixing to bear the Savior, she's a woman. She was not from what we would call an illustrious or wealthy family. Her family was not one of those that would be recognized as the as the leaders of the community, not one of those families necessarily would come to mind when you start thinking of all the leading, leading Jewish families in her neighborhood. Um, she was, uh, she was not expecting her life to be used in any extraordinary way. I think she was just going about her business, doing what she does, whatever that might have been at that time. Uh, she was just doing what a young girl would do at that time. And, and then out of nowhere, without warning, the angel appears to her and begins to talk with her. She wasn't expecting. She wasn't waiting. Lord God, one of these days you're going to realize how great I am and you're going to start using me. I want to encourage you in this. Don't assume that you have to be extraordinary to be used by God. We, sometimes we watch people on TV and read people in magazines and read books by people. And we, we decide that we have to be them before God can use us. Or we have to be some, some magnanimous personality in the public eye. Or we have to be famous for God to use us. And the truth is, none of that's true. Don't assume that you have to be any of that. For God to use you, because here we have him using just an ordinary girl 
in an ordinary village coming from an ordinary family. You don't have to have exceptional gifts, talents, or abilities. You don't have to, you don't have to have things that would necessarily draw attention to you. Now, let me just stick this in here that if you, any abilities or gifts that you have, they come from the Lord. And if it comes from the Lord, they are exceptional. But by exceptional, I mean, you don't have to have gifts or talents that are just going to stand out, uh, that people are going to clamor to you. Uh, I remember the lady in the book of Acts who was making garments of purple, uh, for the folks in the, in the neighborhood and she died. And there was such an uproar in the city from her dying. They called Peter. Peter came in and prayed and she, she was raised from the dead. But I thought, here's a lady at all in the world she did that we know was to make garments for people, nice overcoats and things for the people in the city. Yet she was so missed and they grieved so much that Peter raised her from the dead. It doesn't have to be, your name does not have to be in the lights for God to use you. God specializes in using ordinary people. And some of you just said, well, okay, I'm his candidate then. I'm ordinary. Yep, a lot of us are ordinary. Remember that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and Bethlehem was so small, it wasn't even included in the roll call of Judah. Ordinary. A second thing we know about Mary is that she was a chosen woman. It was not an accident. Gabriel was not wandering through the neighborhood and just happened to see her out back hanging clothes on the clothesline and decided, to go, okay, she's the one. No, I don't know when this happened. <clears throat> Knowing the nature of God, this was planned before the foundation of the world. But Mary was chosen, and she was chosen to be the one who would birth the Savior. She was chosen by God for a task of great importance. Now, let me just tell you, that's the greatest understatement that's ever been said. She was chosen to birth our Lord. I couldn't couldn't add up enough superlatives to adequately communicate to you the vastness and the greatness of of her mission and her importance to God. And God chose her specifically. He went around a lot of more notable people. He went around a lot of maybe more educated people to get to Mary. But he chose her out of his sovereignty. I want to tell you that God has chosen all of us for a similar task. And that's to bring forth spiritual life. Everyone who names the name of Jesus, who is a follower of Jesus Christ, and we have his DNA in the fabric of our being, all of us were, were are chosen to bring forth spiritual life, and that means twofold. First of all, to bear the fruit of the Spirit in our own life, and also to engage with people so that they can experience spiritual rebirth themselves, spiritual life. I should add that if you, if you have birthed children, again, this is a little limited in who I'm talking to now. If you have birthed children, you were chosen to give them motherly care. You were chosen. It was not an accident. You don't, don't ever think that you were an accident and don't ever think your children were an accident. They are the, they are the sovereign plan of God. Your birthday is evidence that God thought and thinks about you personally. Think about that. Your birthday. It's the day 
that God decided in his sovereignty and in his wisdom. It's the day he decided that you would come into this world and become a part of society. God decided that. Now, I know some doctors try to try to decide it on their own because they have a fishing trip planned. But I want to tell you that no one supersedes God. God planned your birthday. Your birthday is also evidence that that he sovereignly chose you. He didn't just choose to send you that day, but he chose you as his own and, and caused you to be born. Another thing we learn, and, and a lot of this is from the encounter with Gabriel, is that Mary was a spirit-filled and a spirit-enveloped woman. She was spirit-filled and she was enveloped by the Holy Spirit. It's the only word I could come up with. The verse says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. I'm trying to put myself in her place. I'm standing there, teens, at least teens, and he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. She's already been there when her cousin was filled with the Holy Spirit. Overshadow you. It's a word that means to envelop in a braze, in a haze of brilliancy. The Holy Spirit, Gabriel's telling her that the Holy Spirit is going to wrap her up and overshadow her. And due to this, she was going to be bearing the Son of God. This teaches us the lesson that the Holy Spirit enables us to do that which we could not normally do. Teaches us that we could, it helps us to do that which we could not normally do. He said to the folks in Acts 1, you shall receive ability. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, overshadows you, and fills you. And you then and only then will be my witnesses into the uttermost parts of the earth and everything in between. It gives us the ability to do what God's called us to do. I often say that we've been given a supernatural mission. Nothing could be more supernatural than to engage with someone in the kingdom of darkness and to see them through faith in Jesus Christ be moved and translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Nothing could be more supernatural. And for you and, and me to engage in that, in that supernatural moment, we must be endued with supernatural ability. And Mary was endued and overshadowed with supernatural ability. And in so doing, God, through his power, overshadows our weaknesses. God overshadows our weaknesses. They don't, we don't necessarily lose our weaknesses, but God overcomes those weaknesses through his power. And then we will, we are continually under the control or the influence of his Holy Spirit. And Mary was. I'm not saying Mary was perfect, but let me just remind you of this. God chose her. God chose her. I didn't choose her. Gabriel didn't choose her. Joseph didn't choose her. God chose her. And God overshadowed her, and she was under the control and the influence of the Holy Spirit. 
Another thing we learn from Mary is that she was a flexible woman. She was receptive. I mean, you could imagine that if someone walked up to, to in the same situation today and started talking to a young girl in the backyard or wherever she was, you could imagine that they might get excommunicated from the yard. They might have got run off maybe with a weapon. I don't know. Maybe with a stick. But they wouldn't have been allowed to stay around. But she was receptive. She wanted to, she was confused. She had questions. I'll come to that. But she was receptive. But, and she was honest. Don't remember, don't, don't, don't miss this. She was honest. And the reason we know that is because she was asking questions. Now the fact that she asked questions didn't mean she wasn't flexible. It just meant help me understand this. Help me be able to be pliable. And, and try to understand some of what's going on here. I'm not sure she could. She ultimately was willing to change. Her life was laid out for her, probably. She was, she, but she was willing for God to change her road, so to speak. If anyone ever had their path changed, she did because she had it all figured out and now it wasn't going to work that way. She let God upset her apple cart. She was flexible. She also sacrificed her reputation. We know that the the, the scorn that she probably went through, uh, being uh, 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 pregnant with the Savior and not married, there were some things to deal with. Not even going to get into that, but she sacrificed her reputation, and ultimately. She took earthly responsibility for this heavenly child. Someone was pointing out this week, I don't remember where I read this, that, well, anyway, someone was taking issue with the idea of calling Mary the mother of Jesus. And I know what they were saying, that God doesn't, doesn't have a mother, but we're talking about his earthly mother. She took responsibility for him. Don't forget, he was born just like all babies were born. And he was an infant. And he he grew up and she nurtured him and cared for him all those years. She took responsibility for the Savior that wasn't in her plan. That wasn't in her diary that she was writing that she wanted to do. And here's the most uh, glaring part of her being flexible. And that is that one day she let him go. Probably the hardest thing that uh, mothers and fathers have to do is one day is to let that child go. Because in in most cases, they're no longer a child. But she she came to the the day she let him go. Now, she she didn't abandon him, as we'll see next, because Mary was a faithful woman. She was a faithful woman. She stayed connected to his heart, even in his adulthood. So even though she let him go as a mother and released him to go his own way, which was obviously the father's own way, she stayed connected to his heart. Even when she's telling him they need some wine, they've run out, go help them. She's connected to his heart there, and they're they're still together. She followed her son. Even when she didn't understand what he was doing. There was several times she didn't understand 
why he was doing what he was doing. There's even one time when she showed up with his brothers and sisters. This is recorded in Mark 3.21. And they said, he's insane. We're coming to get him. He's out of his mind. We're going to come get him and take him away. Ha ha. You know, you. But she still followed him. She still stayed connected to him. She was faithful. I think it's interesting and should be pointed out that the last record we have of Mary in the Bible is that she was in the upper room. She was in the upper room praying with the 120. She obviously was one of that number. Praying for the Holy Spirit and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. What was she doing? Why was she in the upper room? She was being a part of a group of people and seeing her son's vision and dream come to pass. She knew that something was about to happen. And she knew that it would be the fulfillment of what Jesus had preached and taught and proclaimed all the while he was on the earth. But she was there in that moment waiting for the Holy Spirit to come to fulfill the vision of her son. And, of course, we know that she got to see that and participate in that moment. Mary was an available woman. She said to Gabriel, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Or some versions there say, Be it unto me according to your word. Whatever you have said... Whatever you have proclaimed, of course, Gabriel was not God, but Gabriel was speaking on behalf of God. Whatever you have said, that will I do. She was saying to the Lord through the angel, Lord, I am available to you. I am available. Sometimes all we need to be is available. Sometimes all we need to be is flexible enough and faithful enough and available enough for God to say, okay, here's what I'm going to do with you. She was saying, you, Lord, are my master and I am your servant. And I'm willing to be used however you choose. I'm willing to do whatever it is you want me to do. Imagine, think about it. Now, this is before the birth of Christ. She's already made herself available and said to him, I'm your servant. Do with me as you wish. Saints, we could all, man, woman, child, we could all learn from Mary, the model of womanhood in this case, in making ourselves available to God and willing. So we'll finish with some questions, and I'll ask them in the first person. But we all have to ask ourselves these questions. Do I believe that God can use my life to make a difference? There are a number of you said no in your head right then. A number of you said, of course not. Why would he use me? I go back to point number one. God, do I believe that God can use my life to make a difference? We need to adjust our thinking to where we can answer yes, because God does want to use your life to make a difference. Many of you, God is already using your life to make a difference, and you may not even realize it. 
The second question is, do I really believe that I have been chosen by God? We got to get past this one because some people listening to me think that they were just a mistake. Some people listening to me think they just happened to get here and you know, God doesn't even know they exist. I want to tell you, I don't care who you are, that you were chosen by God. If you were not chosen by God, you would not be listening to me because you would not exist. The third question says, and am I depending on the power of the Holy Spirit to be and to do that for which God has chosen me? There's a key there. Once we recognize that God has chosen us, are we are we endeavoring to just go, you know, do the best we can and get that done? Or are we asking God through the power of his Holy Spirit to help us to do and to be what he's called us to be? Because I want to give you a hint. You cannot and you will not do what God has called you and gifted you to do without the power and the ability of his Holy Spirit. It just won't happen. You will be frustrated, you will be aggravated, and people around you will be miserable because you won't be fun to be around. In, in sort of connection to that, the next question says this, am I seeking a fresh daily, let that word sink in, filling of his Holy Spirit in my life? You've heard me say numerous times, those in Abundant Life Churchers, we leak. Acts chapter 2, they were filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke with other tongues. Acts chapter 4, almost the same group of people with some additions, was filled with the Holy Spirit and the building shook. Why? They leaked. The holy, the filling, somebody said, do you believe in a second experience of being baptized and filled in the whole, with the Holy Spirit? Absolutely I do. And I believe in a third one and a fourth one and a tenth one and a hundredth one because we constantly need to be filled with the Holy Spirit because we're humans. One of my favorite sayings, I, I wish it wasn't true, but my favorite sayings is that we live in a fallen world surrounded by fallen people who are doing fallen things and sometimes that fallenness gets on us. And we need God's Holy Spirit to overcome our humanity and our fleshly nature. So the word daily is key in there. Do you daily ask God to fill you with his spirit and enable you and empower you to do what he's called you to do that day? The psalmist said we used to sing it to death. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I will rejoice in it and be glad. This day. Tomorrow is a a promissory note. Yesterday is a canceled check. Today is the only legal tender that you have to spend. To daily ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit and empower you to go do what he's called you to do. And finally, can I make myself fully available to God for whatever purposes he might want to accomplish in my life? Am I afraid to make myself available? Am I nervous about what he might want? I mean, Mary made herself available to the, to the Lord through Gabriel's words, and she bore the Son of God. She bore the Savior. 
She bore Emmanuel, God with us. I, don't even try to wrap your, your brain around that. You'll hurt yourself. But the truth is, being available enabled her to be, for us to say today, blessed is she among women. Because she bore the Lord Jesus as the fruit of her womb. Can I, can you make yourself fully available to God so that he can do whatever he wants with you? I pray that we can answer yes to all these questions. So that we put ourselves in a position that we can be used by God. No greater picture has ever been painted of being used by God than Mary, the mother of Jesus. No greater picture has been painted of someone being available and faithful, diligent, flexible, all the things we cover today, than the the picture of Mary that we often only deal with at Christmas, and yet it's a story we should meditate on year-round and consider And use Mary, the mother of Jesus, as our example. Not only of womanhood and motherhood, but of all of us who follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you inspired Dr. Luke to write these words down so that we today today could read those words, take a look, and consider Mary is our example. We thank you that she obviously is the ultimate model for motherhood and womanhood as we see her behavior and her acceptance and all the things that we've covered today. We thank you that that example is there. We thank you that she had the grace to say yes, even though she didn't know exactly what was going on. Lord, help us all. Help us all to consider her as that example that motivates us and moves us to make the same proclamations, to make the same approach to your throne, and to make ourselves available to be used by you. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. We thank you that we have set aside today that we would honor all the mothers and for the for the sacrifices that they have given and paid uh, for their children. Many of them, one, under the sound of my voice, are still in them in the throes, in the midst of that, of raising children and dealing with the everyday challenges, Lord, I pray for a special grace and a special ability for them during their time of raising these children that that they would be honored, not just one day a year, but all year round. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the anointing of your Holy Spirit and your presence. And we pray that everything that we've done today in the singing of songs, the worship, the worship and praise, the giving of ourselves to you, the preaching of the word of God and the examination of Mary today. I pray that all of this would bring glory and honor to your name today. And we pray in that name as your subjects in the earth. And we say, Amen. Amen.